Well, hello, track fans, and welcome to another edition of the Track Guy podcast. And uh, our guest this week is Joey Woody, the director of uh, track and field and cross country at the University of Iowa, and they're having a, an amazing 2022. And this podcast being brought to you by our shoe partners, the fitness sports stores in Clive, Johnston, and Coralville, Fleet Feet in Davenport, Peak Performance in Sioux City, and the Iowa Running Company in Cedar Rapids. So, Joey, it's been a, it's been a crazy ride so far this year. You know, you win the back-to-back indoor titles, uh, defending champions uh, in the outdoor in the Big Ten, and we're coming up to the NCAA championship. So how, how do you see the Hawkeyes being prepared right now? I mean, I feel really good about where we're at. I think the the guys are really confident right now. Um, you know, obviously coming off the Big Ten win and and just doing it as a as a complete team. That's the biggest thing I'm most proud of. Is you know we scored in every event group, uh, which is rare. And you know, but that's what it takes to win Big Ten titles. Um, so we're we're in a really good place. Um, guys are healthy. That's another big thing. Is you want to get to the end of the season feeling healthy, feeling fresh. Uh, the biggest thing this week is just getting them recovered so they feel good going into next weekend. But, you know, I think they feel really confident right now. And it's probably it's probably the most confidence uh, confident group that we've had, you know, going into NCAAs, um, just with our seeding as a team. Uh, but then individuals are seeded really high. And, you know, the biggest thing that we always talk about is we don't have to do anything exceptional. We just really have to do what you've already done. And you're going to have a really good chance at making finals and, and scoring points. You know, sometimes when it comes to a championship meet, uh, athletes are just glad to have made it, you know, and qualified, yeah. and there's a little bit of a letdown when they get there. I've seen over, over here. Mm-hmm. Are you worried at all about that with this, no, this group? No, I think because I think it's just the expectation now is different, and so now we don't just expect to have a couple of individual qualifiers. Now we expect to have a team. You know, we're we're looking at buses now, and that, that's been my, my biggest thing since taking over is as the head coach is – you know, the expectation is to win championships. If there's a trophy, we're going for a trophy. So it doesn't matter if it's at the at the Drake Relays or the Big Ten Championships or the NCAAs. Like, we're going after trophies. So the expectation is, I think, just at a higher level where the, the athletes understand that we're not just we're not just going to be participants at the NCAA meet. Like, we're going to make finals. We're going to score team points. And when you, when you bring, a, bring a bigger group, it feels more like a team atmosphere. Um, and so that's kind of how we're, we're setting things up and, and making sure that the athletes understand, hey, this isn't any different than what we just did last week when we went to the Big Ten meet. We're trying to make finals. We're trying to score points. We're just It's, it's just us competing against everybody else. And if we do that, we're going to have a really successful weekend and, and have a chance at you know maybe getting a trophy, uh, sure. which is top four at the NCAA meet. Well, let's talk a little bit about those qualifiers. One that has intrigued me all year is Kalen Walker. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Eddieville, Blakesburg, Fremont Prep, fifth at the state meet as a junior, no state meet as a senior. Yeah. Uh, goes to Indian Hills for a year and was had some success, but nothing like the success he's having now. What's special about that young man? Well, first of all, he's a great team guy. I mean, he just loves being at Iowa. He loves competing. He loves just being in this environment. He's just having a lot of fun. And um, everybody likes the guy. I mean, he's just he's he's just fun to be around. But you know, he's he's a guy that just believes in himself, and I think. When you recruit a guy like that, it, it's interesting because I remember him, but I don't really remember yeah, him. Yeah, me, you know, me from, as well. From high school, but he came to some of our clinics. So I remember he had some tools. I was like, oh, that guy can turn it over a little bit. He just couldn't accelerate real well or whatever it was. Um, but they did a great job with him at Indian Hills, obviously took him to another level where he became recruitable. 
And people don't know this, but over the summer, he kept competing. He was going to some all-comer meets. He was going to, I think, up at Iowa State, he ran at a meet outdoor. And he actually ran, I think he ran up at Dubuque and ran like 10.50 in the 100. And then he ran, he broke 21 in the 200 last summer. I was like, holy cow. I didn't expect that when we recruited him. Uh, So he actually came in with even better marks than when we recruited him. But, yeah, he's just got that mentality that he's he's just out here. He, He believes in himself. And he just loves, he's he's like a favorite guy on the team uh even at indian hills all the guys love him i mean when when indian hills came up here for our home meet you know all he hung out with them uh after the meet because they all came up just to get a chance to see him and stuff like that so it's just a really good good environment for him to be in you know at this level but he's trying to contribute as much as he can and what he can control uh to contribute to the team points you know and he was frustrated at big tens because he you know he expected that he could win um, but his block slipped and he was really frustrated. And I'm like, well, the good thing is you have a shot at making the national meet and then you get a chance to redeem yourself a little bit on that. So he's, he's really excited about getting to the national meet. Awesome. Another former Iowa prep that, uh, uh, it's been a short career thus far, but an outstanding career is Austin West, uh, yeah. Iowa city West prep and, uh, outstanding quarter miler and 400 hurdler. Uh, in high school, and uh, now he just misses a Big Ten title in the heptathlon. He's going to go into the national meet with a chance to be a medalist. He does, yeah. He's, you know, he's a guy that just he he's a track nerd. Uh, he just loves all the events. That's why you know the the decathlon heptathlon is really right up his alley. Um, he's he's just a tremendous competitor. He believes in himself. Um, very similar to Kalen, like he just he he expects to win every time he steps on the track. So. Uh, but he's he's in a really good place right now. Really confident about his events. He had some PR uh, jumps in the vault. He actually kind of had an average competition at Big Tens and still finished runner up and almost won. So I think he feels really good about putting things together when he gets down to the national meet and, and being a medalist for sure. So, uh, but yeah, he's he's just done an amazing job for our team and and he's a big team guy as well. Just trying to do what he can to help us win championships. You know, in the 60 hurdles, 60 highs. You've got two kids in there. Yeah. And we'll talk about both. Grat Reed from Atlantic, yep. coached by uh, Jordan Mullen, who was yep. an All-American and a Big Ten <laughs> champion here. Uh, well, he's really come along. Both these young kids have really come on. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, you look at Kalen, you look at Grat. I mean, very similar. Like, wasn't really recruited by any other program in the state and or outside the state. Uh, I remember watching Grat um, at some of the junior Olympic meets, and I'm like, I think this guy's got some tools. Like just watching him run the 200, watching him run the highs, and I just, you know, he was a guy I felt like if he ran 14-2, 14-1, he'd have a shot at really developing in our program. I never expected him to have the speed that he has, though. He's, I mean, he was on a four by one that was yes. uh, national qualifiers last year. Um, he was runner up in the Big Ten as a as a last year and sophomore whatever it was and so you kind of look at these things and like gosh dang he's really made some huge improvement and now he's going to the national meet uh the biggest thing with him he, he kind of wills himself <laughs> you know he's such a competitive athlete that he just kind of wills himself to perform at a high level like when he ran one 200 at the beginning of the year he's like coach i want to run the 60 the two and the highs at the big 10 meet i'm like let's just focus on the highs right now and then he ends up running a couple good twos i'm like holy cow this guy might be able to make the final just based on how he's running and he just kind of wills himself to to do it you know and and uh never expected that recruiting him out of high school just knew that he was going to be a really good developmental athlete but he's just bought into the training 
uh, crushes it in the weight room, like does everything he can to, to be at the highest level. And he's just a, you know, he's a great student, great, great teammate as well. Um, but all, you know, all the guys, you know, they just, they're, they're focused on the team. And, and I think that's what separates uh, our, our team and our athletes from a lot of other programs is they're not just competing as individuals, but when they know there's more on the line as a team, they just take themselves to a whole nother level. And I think Grant's a, a really good example of that and what he's, what he's been able to do. Well, Grant Conway's had a great year this year as well. Yeah, yeah, Grant. I mean, at the beginning of the year, we I, I saw some really, really good things, and he just had a little bit of an injury uh, that kind of set him back. So we kind of had to pull back on some training for a while. Um, then things started clicking. Then then he kind of had a couple of bad races, so his confidence was down a little bit. So normally we don't compete the week before the Big Ten championship. But we didn't have a great weekend uh, at Arkansas with our hurdlers, so I took all the hurdlers to Notre Dame for a meet. And in that meet, all of a sudden, things started clicking, and those guys, their confidence went to another level. And then I think that's what carried them over to the Big Ten meet. So, uh, but, but Grant's a very competitive athlete. He's actually was one of the, the highest-rated uh, recruits in the hurdles in high school. He just had a lot of stuff happen to him. Like, he got hurt. His freshman year, right before uh, the season started indoor, then um, last year outdoor, we get to the Big Ten Championship outdoor, and he gets COVID, so he had to go home. Like, just a lot of stuff. So this is just some really great, you know, kind of redemption for him. And he's from Missouri, right? He's from Missouri, yeah. yeah. And so big, big opportunity for him to, like, really take it to that next level. I sure. knew he had the ability. It was just a matter of him having the opportunity to show what he could do. Uh, but he's, he's a, again, another – him and Grad are just, like – great buddies that that just really push each other every single day awesome and uh, i think we've had a ncaa qualifier in the highs i think since 2014 so um we got i told him i said well you guys got to keep the streak alive absolutely you know? <laughs> so, absolutely so it's good to see in the shot put you've got a qualifier a new kid to the team yeah. uh, nicholas curtis who yeah. uh Came here from Tiffin with with his coach Ray Robinson, and yeah. what a great addition that has been. Yeah, he's you know he's a he's a great guy. I think he he's used to winning championships. You know, he's been at Tiffin with with Ray, and they were winning national titles as a team. And uh, he's been a first team All American at the Division Two level. Um, obviously, you know, getting here to to this level was a big goal for him. Um, but then to be able to perform and get a medal, be a medalist at the Big Ten Championships, and it was kind of cool for Ray too. His first Big Ten championship back in Ohio, bringing Nick with him. Both of them are natives of Ohio to awesome. be able to go in and, and get a medal at the Big Ten championships and then also qualify to the NCAA meet. So it's been a really good kind of story for them to kind of start start uh, Ray's career here at Iowa as a coach, but also give Nick this opportunity his final year to, to perform at that level. Sure, sure. Yeah. Well, an event that I know is, is – uh, uh, very special to you, and it's one of the most exciting, that Open 400, and you've got yeah. three dandies that are going to be uh, yep. at the NCAA meet. Talk, talk a little bit about those three guys. Well, I tell you what, Coach Wake Knight's done an amazing job with our 400 program and, and just continues to take that to another level. And, you know, just as a relay, you know, that's one of our biggest goals is is to compete to win the national championship. And I think that we've got a team that can do that. Um, you know, we're ranked number two in the country, uh, but, you know, I think kind of the surprise really is Chadwick Richards. I mean, he was kind of an under-the-radar recruit out of high school. But to be able to perform at the level that he has as a true freshman um, in your first season, like not even like the outdoor season, but your first indoor season, that's it's I – mean, this is a kid that didn't really run indoor, you know, in high school. So to be able to be at that level is just unprecedented, you know, especially 
not you know you see it out of some of these phenoms that come out of high school already running 45 44 seconds but you know this kid ran 47 low and you know he's a little, which is great a great time but it's not at the level that you know most of the national qualifiers are at mm-hmm. and he just he's just an exceptional talent and like I said coach week next did an unbelievable job not only recruiting the right guys but being able to help develop those guys to this level um, so pretty much every one of our guys has improved over a second from their high school times. Um, one to two seconds within a matter of, like for Chad's position or Chad's situation, I think he's improved a second and a half in six months, basically six, seven months. So to be able to do that is, is unprecedented, like I said. Um, so Chad is, you know, phenomenal talent. Um, he's been a tremendous um, relay leg on our four by four. Um, so, you know, he's, he's going to be a guy that we're really excited about for his future. Um, sure. And then, obviously, Wayne, you know, making his, his uh, NCAA meet again. Um, he had some ups and downs this year, just had a little bit of injuries here and there, had, you know, had to deal with COVID. So um, he just kind of had a rocky beginning of his, of his indoor season. Uh, but his training was exceptional in the fall. Like, he did some really good things in the fall. So we knew it was there. He just needed to get healthy and feel good. Um, we actually felt if he had two more weeks at the Big Ten meet, he could definitely, you know, potentially win the win the Big Ten title in the 400 um, and the 200. But you know, unfortunately, we mm-hmm. just didn't have that time. Well, the good thing is, you know, I think he's going to be even more ready when we get to the NCAA meet and just having those races under his belt. Uh, but he's a you know phenomenal performer. He's been a figure in in that 400 at the NCAA meet. Um, he's yet to make his individual final, so I think that's a that's a big goal of his is to make his first uh, NCAA final as an individual. And then Genoa is just he's the one everybody's talking he about. He is, yeah, and he's you know what people don't understand is I don't think people really remember him. He was here last sure, year, sure. And the biggest difference is you know he was kind of like Chad, you know, coming out of high school, didn't really know. We knew he was really talented, but his first race, I think he ran 46.9 or 46.8. We're like, gosh, dang, this guy's going to be really good. He just was, you know, a typical freshman, not, you know, ha- having to balance how to the academic piece, the social piece, and, and, and just keeping yourself healthy. I mean, it's just hard, right? I mean, just all the time and energy it takes to be an elite athlete. He's just taking that to a whole another level because he didn't want to deal with the same injuries and issues he had to deal with last year. So he overcame it by just taking care of himself better. Um, like I came into the office yesterday at like eight o'clock and he was already coming out of the training room because he was just getting treatment just to stay healthy. Um, so just he's just taking it to that another level and, and I think that's what's made the biggest difference for him. And it just shows how talented the guy is if he just stays healthy and, and can perform at the level that, that we think he can. And we, we actually think he's just scratching the surface. I mean. Everybody watches him run. Like, is he even trying? Like, that's how he looks. Exactly. Exactly. It's so smooth. And I'm like, gosh, dang, I wish I looked like that when I was an athlete. Um, Because he just looks so relaxed the whole time and very confident. Um, If you would have seen him at the Tyson Invitational in the 400 and how he just ran away from some of the best guys in the country, it was one of the most impressive things I've ever seen. And he did it. He actually ran on the inside and passed three guys on the backstretch. And I go... I go, I know it worked this time, but don't ever do that again because that rarely works, you know. Yeah. And now he's got everybody think they they can pass on the inside. Yeah. And I'm like, rarely is that going to open up like that. But when he made that move, I was like, nobody can do that. Like, it's rare to ever see somebody 
move on the inside, let alone get away with it. Sure. And then just separate the way he did the last at that level. Meters, at that level. Yeah. And, I mean, those are the best guys in the country. So, you know, it's gonna be it's gonna be a battle. But I, he definitely has the tools to be a national champ in that event. Um, and we're fortunate because he's a young guy, and yeah. you know, hopefully we can keep him around a few sure. more years. Sure. Um, but he's also obviously done an amazing job on our four by four. He's a guy we trust on the anchor. Um, so he's he's really taken that that big step forward this year and and shown what he's capable of doing. Well, let's talk about that four by four. You're going to add Julian Gillum into the yeah. into the mix. Yep. You've run three oh two and change, uh, just an eyelash behind Florida. Yep. You know, in Iowa, uh, in the past, in the '60s, have, have won national titles in the four by four. And I've got to—I know your mentality. You're not going down there to get second to no, Florida. No, not at all. Uh, as a matter of fact, when we ra- when we raced Florida, when both of us uh, ran our season's best, um, we were racing them at Tyson at the at Arkansas, and there was a mix-up in the handoff at the anchor. So Florida was slightly ahead of us. But then they missed the exchange, and so they had to slow down and turn around. And then their guy ran into Genoa and kind of threw everybody off. And at that point, it kind of just separated kind of like our distance from them, and Genoa just wasn't able to catch him. But if, if, it, if it would have been a clean handoff, I think Genoa was in the right spot to, like, move on the guy. And probably, we probably would have ran 301. Um, I think both of our teams are capable of running 301 or faster. Um, so we definitely feel like we're, we're the team to beat, and that's the mentality you got to take. Yeah. Um, we believe we're the best team, and that's what we're going in with. And, and uh, Julian, I mean, I, I told him, I'm like, Julie, you're like the heartbeat of this, this program. You're the heartbeat of that relay. Like, he just – whatever ounce of ability he has, he puts it out there on the track. I mean, he's one of the most competitive guys we've ever had on the team, and he's just a fun guy to watch compete. He's just a guy you want to root for. Right? Absolutely. I mean, he's been through a lot personally – just to get to this level as a as a as an athlete, but he just he loves being a part of this team, and he he just does everything he can to to be to help the team win and be successful. And, sure, uh, it, you can see it just how he competes. I mean, he's just gonna he's gonna bring it all the way to the finish line, and he's you know in his mind he's planning on handing off in first place anytime he gets the baton, no matter how far he's back he is. Um, so he's he's definitely I think last year. He started to see that when we were at the NCAA Championships Outdoor when he split 44-9. You know, I think that from that point forward, he's just gotten huge amounts of confidence in what he's capable of doing. And now, I mean, the guy wants to run 43. I mean, he's just that no. kind of guy. And uh, we're really excited about, you know, what he's able to contribute to that relay. Well, I'll be calling that race at Birmingham. I just hope yeah. I can keep it together. Yeah. <laughs> Well, speaking of four by fours, let's talk about the women. Yeah. You know, they're going with yep. a very legitimate shot to make the final yep. and medal. Yep. 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 And uh, two former Iowa preps on that four by four with Peyton Wenzel and Mallory King, and yeah. and uh, well, they've really come along this year. They have, uh, and yep. you've got to have high hopes for them as well. I do, and again, you know, you know, Coach Wake Knight's you know taking over the women's four hundred group um, recently, and I think it's just the just the mentality has been. The expectation is just like the guys. Like we expect to have our relays at the national championships, and just a matter short t- short amount of time is just having that that buy in, that belief, and it's fun because I you know Coach Wake Knight coaches the four hundred group, but I coach the women four hundred hurdlers, so it's kind of this combination of mm-hmm. um, of athletes from different event groups, but we all have this common goal of of making the final, making or making it to the national meet, but then scoring at the national meet, first team all American. I mean that's that's a big goal for us. 
and I we haven't we haven't been at that level on our women's four x four for a few years, so it's really exciting to get back there. Uh, but we also believe we can run a little faster than than what we've done already. So, and it's, of course, it's always exciting when you got two former Iowa preps, and you know both are seniors, you know, and and Mal's in grad school, and you know Peyton's going to have a job here soon. So it's just like this is kind of a, a a last hurrah for them to be able to perform at that level. And and Mal's done with their eligibility after indoor, so. Um, this is a big thing for her to absolutely to make, make the national meet, and, and she's had a, and she had a great season in the eight hundred. She did too. Yep, and it's tough because you know the year she qualified for indoor nationals, you yeah. know, COVID hit, so yeah. she's at the national meet, her first national meet, and didn't get a chance to run. So it's 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 unfortunate. It's just it's the fastest it's ever been in almost every event to make the national meet, and two oh four is not a bad time. It just wasn't good enough. It's year. crazy. Yeah, it's absolutely yeah. crazy. Yep. This podcast is brought to you by Midwestern Financial Group, an independent fiduciary advisor servicing the financial needs of those in Iowa and beyond. If you want your money working as hard as you do, look us up at www.midwesternfinancial.com. You know, and you talked a little bit about, uh, you know, athletes taking care of themselves and training right, eating right, sleeping right. You, know, you were... Uh, a national and world level competitor is that knowledge that you gained as an athlete how important is that to you now as a coach to convey to these kids not only just tell them what they need to do yeah. but that you did it yourself yeah i mean sometimes they don't want to hear what i did yeah. you know but i think it's for me it's more about like you kind of have to learn and go through you know some of the trials of it for you to really have buy in i think that's where Genoa's at you know he's really bought in but they're the examples now yeah. Um, you know, Mar Bruxford, who, you know, came here, really wasn't recruited by many Big Ten. I don't think she was recruited by any other Big Ten type programs or, or you know, big time power five schools for track. She was uh, uh, Miss Basketball, actually, in Michigan. So I knew she had some great ability as an athlete. Um, but she's a great example of somebody that's, you know, she had to deal with a lot. She had a double stress injury in both feet. She was in you know, she had to drive a scooter around the first few months here on campus. So, I mean, she's coming from high school, and now she's going to the national championships in the 4 by 4 Just a great story, but she's a great another great example of just, I tell her, what, what have you done that's made the biggest difference? And mm. she talks about her sleep and her nutrition and how she really just takes care of herself. So she's prepared coming into practice and not just showing up to practice, you know, unfueled and not, not ready to go. So... Those are the almost better examples than like, but I had to learn myself too, you know, as a, as a freshman, sophomore, you know, I wasn't thinking about those things. But then as I kind of got into my junior, senior years, that's where I really got dialed in on like nutrition and just learning and growing from that. Um, but it's, I, I tell the athletes all the time. The biggest thing I tell them is the training, we could be the best coaches in the world, but if we don't take care of the recovery piece, then the training is doesn't matter. And at some point, something's going to break, right? Usually it's an injury. Usually it's bad timing. It's happening right when we're trying to elevate everything else. And it's tough being a student athlete, too, because you have all these other outside stressors in your lives, whether it's relationships or school or, or, or everything else. So it's being able to kind of like compartmentalize these things and really try and get focused on what we need to do, especially when we're getting ready for championship seasons. Um, so it's that it's that balance of we got to pull things back sometimes on the training uh, to just make sure the athletes are feeling more and more recovered, you know. So like 
this week in particular, we just gave our kids more off days just so that they could get caught up on their academics and be able to recover a little bit more. Uh, but then going into the next week, again, the stress comes back online. I remember hearing a coach one time at a clinic saying, sometimes the most important day of training is the day with no training. Yes, yep, exactly. To let those kids rest yep. and, and being able to read yep. how one person in an event group feels and, and another person in that event group may feel completely different physically. Yeah. And you have to train them a little bit That's different. Right. Well, you've done a wonderful job with that. And <laughs> that leads me right into, you know, the people that you've surrounded yourself with in this sport during your life, you know. Yeah. Coach Raff, yeah. John Raffensberger, one of the, the greatest high school track and field coaches in Iowa, and you, he was your coach at City High, then volunteered yeah. here uh, until we tragically lost him to a battle with cancer. And then, you know, you go to you and I and, and Buck and, and Case and those guys, you know, and, and what they're doing at Arkansas. They obviously knew what they were doing, but they were great mentors for you for sure, at yeah. you and I. And then you come here to Iowa as an assistant coach and you work with uh, Wiz yeah. and you guys win a Big Ten title together. So you've just surrounded yourself with some really good people to, you know, to teach you and mentor you along the way to yeah. help you get to where you're at today. Yeah. Uh, you know, I've been extremely blessed. I mean, obviously – just coming up through City High and being, not only being at City High, but being at City High during that era where they were used to winning conference championships, used to winning those 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 titles, but Raff had never won a state championship, you know? And then it, I got there, and then of course Tim Dwight got there, and we just kind of had that mentality of like, we're winning, you know? And I think that that, that really kind of took us over the top, and then they went on to win nine of the next 10 championships. So, um, just being in those environments, and that's that's how I look at my staff too. Like, I'm gonna recruit champions, people that are used to winning. Coach Wake Knight, uh, you know, came from a, a program where they were winning, you know, 20 state championships in cross country. You know, and um, to be able to, you know, be in that type of environment, I think it just breeds that kind of mentality. That sure, hey, well, they expect it. They expect it every every time you step on the track or the cross country course or whatever it is, you expect it. Um, you know, Coach Ray, my, my newest coach on staff, coming from Tiffin. They're winning national championships at Tiffin, but he was there when they weren't, you know. Yeah. And so he's been a part of the process of getting to that level um, and performing at a high level. Uh, same thing with Randy, you know, just used to being at a, a smaller school, but but being at, at Loyola, and they went from never winning a championship to winning like five out of the next six championships as, as a head coach. So. Um, you know, but I was, you know, extremely blessed, you know, just, you know, having Buck as a, as my coach, but mentor and still mentoring me. And, and, you know, when we're talking about, you know, what it takes to compete at this level and stuff like that. And, uh, it doesn't mean I want I don't want to beat him. Sure. Know, I, still want, I still want to beat those guys. Yeah. They always seem to be one, one and notch ahead of us. But, um, you know, I think it's just a great environment and, and Buck's coaching tree is amazing. I mean, when you look at all the coaches in, sure. in, in division one track and, Head coaches yep. Kyle Kepler and Brooke Travis, and, Travis yeah. and you know just the coaching tree is really impressive and um, so I just I think a lot of that goes back to just you and I and just catering to you know being in coaching and, and being you know that type of uh, mentor you know to help kind of guide our athletes you know I think sure. Buck did a tremendous job because you know everybody would run through a wall for Buck you mm -hmm. know and I think we just wanted to be a part of that sure I always knew I wanted to be in collegiate coaching. Uh -huh. When I was at U and I, just as okay. an athlete, um, and fortunately it worked out. And of course, you know, Wiz still took a chance on me because I didn't have a lot of coaching experience, sure. uh, especially recruiting experience. Um, very thankful for that. I actually was online. It was kind of funny. 
before the Big Ten meet, I just went back. So if you go on to the threads on letsrun.com, there's all these threads on Let's Run, and there's a thread on there about why why did you hire Joey Woody as the assistant coach. So this is 16 years ago. I was able to get on the thread and look at that. So I copied all those comments about he's why would you ever hire this guy? Yeah. This is a big risk, like all these things. So that's that's just kind of a constant motivator for sure. me. Like, hey, well, I'm always trying to prove myself. Um, and I think we've done a pretty good job. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and um, let's talk about some Hawkeyes that have gone to the next level and still competing at the next level. Yeah. Brittany Brown was a yeah. uh, world championship silver medalist. Yep. Uh, your hurdlers um, have just done an amazing job. Three uh, former Hawks in the U.S. Indoor Final yep. with Aaron Mallett and Jalen McConico and, and Jamal Britt. And then Chris Douglas. Uh, was a Big Ten champion in the 400 hurdles and yeah. now is qualified to the Australian team yep. to the Indoor World Championships. And uh, uh, and then, of course, Eric Sawinski, who just yeah. ran in his 15th U.S. final. Um, is that just frosting on the cake for you, that these guys are at the next level? You know, I mean, it just uh, uh, it obviously shows, uh, you know, the quality of your program. Um, takes more time out of your schedule as well yeah. to, to coach these guys. But... It's got to mean a lot to the younger kids to see these people here training as well. Oh, yeah. I mean, we're fortunate, obviously, to be able to have those type of athletes that want to stay around, stay in this training environment. Um, but I've always felt like I wanted to cater to that because I was allowed to do that when I was at UNI with, with Buck. Like, it was always, there was never a question that I was going to still be able to be there, train, you know, be coached by Buck, have all the resources that I had and I made a commitment to make sure that our student athletes would have that opportunity here at Iowa. We've had other post-collegiate athletes sure. that maybe train for another year or two or whatever. Um, but, you know, I think just having that environment, it also gives our current student athletes uh, an opportunity to kind of see what it takes to get to that level. And then also the commitment that those athletes have every single day trying to work, you know, a couple of jobs or, you know, help, help coach like our track club or whatever it is. But, they're making huge sacrifices just to make it work. And then they have successes like Eric has had making world championship teams. And then obviously Aaron making his first uh, team for the U.S., uh, making the world championship team. And obviously Chris just missed making the Olympic team last year for Australia. Um, so like our athletes get to be in that environment where they see that every single day. And I think it just really builds some of that, that, that mindset that that's what it takes. If I want to get there, I got to do what those guys do. Sure. And I, sure. I always say, if you want to be at an elite level for a long time, just watch what Eric does every day, yes. and you're going to be pretty good. Yes. Yeah. You know, I talked to him. We did a podcast with Eric not too long ago, and he said he has done the same routine before he goes to bed 10 years in a row. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? That's crazy. Yeah. The only routine I have is fall asleep in the chair. <laughs> right. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I mean, he, but that, you know, he wasn't the most talented athlete out of high school and he, right. he kind of has that mindset that he's always the underdog so how do you how do you beat the guys that are maybe more talented than you you have to do those type of things you have to do the extra stuff you have to roll out you have to focus more on your nutrition and you just can't you can't take any shortcuts right when you're at that level I was the very same way like I just knew that I had to do more whether it was more in my training more in my recovery to be able to compete alongside those guys, but also be able to beat those athletes. Yeah. One thing I think that, that always amazed me about somebody like Eric Sawinski, and, and uh, we talked about this briefly, is you get to that level. You know, He's a world-class half-miler, 
and rarely wins a race. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. that just shows you how tough it is. But well, I guess yes. what I, the point I was trying to get across was you never give up. Yep. Uh, one of the world's best is a pretty good title to have. That's you right. know? Yeah. And, and I think that's important for these young kids. If you put your very best out there every day, you may or may not win. Right. Yep. But putting your very best uh, self out there is the most important thing. It is. It is. And I think it, it's interesting. That's even, both on the track and off the track. That's right. You know, being that's a good right. student and everything. Right. It, I mean, even we tell our kids, too, like, you're competing in the classroom just like you are on the track. And, and it's it's tough, but you have to take the same approach um, to what you're doing in the classroom as you're, as you're doing on the track. And, um, you know, the, the biggest thing is when you kind of look at it, I don't know of any track athletes that's been undefeated their entire yeah. career, right? Yeah. So, like, losing is a part of it, but it doesn't mean you have to like it. But it's like, what do you do to make those changes? People don't know, but Usain Bolt didn't win every race, sure. you know? Um, so he didn't lose a whole lot, but, <laughs> exactly. you know, he didn't win everything. Um, but that's where you have to learn from it. And, you you know, I think that never give up piece is, is a big part of sport in particular, like, it, well, it's a big part of life. It's a big it, part of life. You, yeah. you know, that's why I love sport. That's why I love being a part of athletics because it's it teaches so much in your life um, on like how to handle things, how to deal with adversity, how to deal with you know just working hard and really taking yourself to the limit and just see how far you can go with mm-hmm. it. You know, and mm-hmm. not everybody has the talent to get to that elite level, but there's also a lot that really don't. Have 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 a lot of talent that do get to that level and I think it's just the the commitment that they have to like an Eric Sawinski never really given up and you only get this and I always tell our athletes once you're done with with competing you're done like you're not I mean you might you might go into masters you might do something else but at this level once you're done you're done so once you hang it up that's that's it you're not coming back so like Eric I think has bought into like if I'm still one of the best in in the U.S. Why do I why do I need to give it up? As sure. long as I can make a little bit of money doing sure. it, sure, absolutely, and, and pay my rent or whatever it is. Yeah, um, he's not he's not just thinking about the next step in his life. He's trying to close this chapter and and see what he can get out of it. And he still believes, and I believe in him that he can still make world championship teams and Olympic teams. Um, his training is as good as it's ever been, and it's mm-hmm. consistent. He's healthy as he's ever been, and I think he believes like he, he still has a shot. You know? Sure, sure. And he doesn't want to throw in the towel when you know because he might be like maybe this next one is my shot. Absolutely, you know, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. You know, and making fifteen U.S. finals, why wouldn't you want to add That's on right. to that? You That's know? right. <laughs> and uh, so let's talk about the indoor facility. Yeah, you know, one of the best in the world. Yeah. You know, it, it had a world indoor championship uh, competition run on it, and you bring it in here from Oregon and. And uh, fits perfectly into the rec building. Yeah. <laughs> how how big has that been for your program to have a facility like what you have now? Uh, it's I mean it's been a, a game changer for us. Um, just from a recruiting standpoint, now we you know when we bring kids here, they walk in and they see it, and it's like really eye opening. There's yeah. and and we, it also is a, the big part for us is it it eliminates like maybe a lot of other programs that don't have facilities like ours. Um, but it also takes the question mark of out of some of the kids' minds of whether they can you know, be at this level and compete where they need to be at or where they want to get to. Um, it kind of takes that out of their mindset when they show up because they're like, okay, maybe the weather's not what it would be if we were in Texas or mm-hmm. going, going somewhere south. 
but they have the facility where it's 70 degrees every day. Sure. Like we never have to miss a training opportunity. And, you know, even in Dallas, Texas, it's going to be cold in the spring or the winter. So it's still tough for a team like even like Baylor, they have kind of a straightaway hallway to get some training in indoor. But other than that, you're outside. And, you know, for us, we are very fortunate and it, it helps us compete at a higher level at the NCAA championships because every NCAA championship is on a bank track. I was going to get to that. Yeah, That's got to be a huge, your kids run on that every day. And that was one of the biggest issues we had when we would get to the national meet. It might be the first time some of our athletes had ever been on a Well, I noticed that, you know, on some of the Iowa meets, especially when some of the smaller schools are here, they struggle going into the curve and coming out of it. They do. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Huge advantage. And and let's admit, it helps getting quality teams here for your meets because- They are going to run on a bank track like they're going to run at the NCAA championships, yeah. and they want that experience. Yep. And I think they love coming here because the the atmosphere is is unbelievable. Like we have a better atmosphere, and like we love going to Arkansas, but we go there for the competition sure. more than anything. And they have a great facility as well. But the atmosphere in our building is it's a team atmosphere. It's a team event. It's a scored event, and you don't get that in a lot of places. Um, so there might be maybe better performances at certain meets, but the atmosphere is what we really love, and and just having the crowd and the yes. excitement and the fire and, and yeah. everything that we do, the spotlight, it just to help put our kids on the stage too. You yep. know, and that's a big sell yep. selling point for us is we want our student athletes to be the show. Sure, you know, and to show off what type of team we are, and you just don't get that at a lot of places. Sure. So that's why we love hosting meets and, and teams love coming here. Baylor loves coming here. Um, we have kids that still talk about that from other schools still talk about this is their favorite meet. And many of them, in, in, in a serious note, it's the first time they've seen snow. Some of the it Baylor is. kids like, yeah. oh my gosh, snow. <laughs> well, right. yeah, you weren't going to stay here a week, but exactly, stay here for exactly. a couple of days and they loved it. They do, yeah. Well, let's talk, let's close this out by talking about your, your personal support group, your yeah. wife, Heather. Yeah. Drake and Isabel, you know, Drake, a Division One athlete here at Iowa, and, yep. and Isabel going to be a Division One athlete at UC Santa Barbara in the combined yeah. events, and, and and Heather's got to be your rock. She is. You know? <laughs> and how important is that to your success um, and keeping you grounded to have those three that you know they've always got your back? Yeah, I mean, I would never be able to do what I do without having that support system. And, you know, even as an athlete, you know, uh, I taught, I tell the story all the time. You know, I was competing as a as a professional athlete. When Drake was born, within a week I was gone for the next five straight weeks. So who leaves their wife and newborn first first kid for the next five weeks? Um, only a professional athlete sure, does that. Sure, so, sure, You know, but she knew like this is my dream. This is what I needed to do. Obviously, I was able to make some money to do it, but like. If I didn't have her support, there's no way I could do what I've done, not only as an athlete, but then obviously being a coach's wife is is a tough deal. And um, fortunately, I mean, she has a very successful business as a, as a success coach. As and a track background a herself, track background. so she gets it. And I've said that before, too. I probably couldn't marry anybody that didn't have that background because she gets it. Yeah. And she kind of, you know, as an athlete, she understands what it takes to, to compete at this level. She saw me do it. Um, but just there's no way I would be able to do what, what we do. And, and, you know, just being gone so much is, is tough, and it's tough on her. And I probably don't show enough appreciation on a regular basis because she takes everything on, you know, the kids, the dogs, her own business, and, you know, f- still figures out how to make, make life work. And, uh, but she's got 
tremendous energy and in in everything but um it's it's just you know i do have she is the rock for sure of our family and um very appreciative of that and then obviously drake and isabel you know had they had to sacrifice a lot you know i i didn't get a chance to see a lot of their their sporting events especially in the spring for sure for track um so now having drake on the team is you know that's just a blessing for me to be able to coach him and see him every day get a chance to see him compete um, Isabel going to UC Santa Barbara, I mean, obviously she'll be far away, but I'm just thankful that she found a place that really fit what, what her values, what she wants to do, not only as a track athlete, but academically and just the environment she wants to be in. And, um, I know those coaches real well and, and feel very confident in what they, what they do with, especially in the multi-events. That's a big part of their program. Um, so I'm really excited about what she's got you know, coming on sure. the horizon. Sure. Um, now it's just going to be balancing traveling to get a chance to well see my her guess is i'm gonna guess is heather's gonna be having a lot of flights she to is, yeah. Barbara. Yeah, yep. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. which as she should she should awesome yeah. she awesome it. Yep. <laughs> well let's wrap this up joe i want to thank you so much for your time you're a very yeah. very busy man and and uh, uh you know you've got an outstanding coaching staff obviously with jason wake knight and randy hassenbank and, yep. and now ray robinson and yep. and kate wake knight is the director of yeah. ops you know and, and you know, you and Jason and Kate have been together a long time and have some real continuity there and know what the others are doing. And, yeah. and it, uh, success breeds success, and you're there right, right. now. So yeah. uh, anxious to see how the Hawks perform at the NCAA Indoor. Yeah, me too. I appreciate it. Yep. Best Thanks. of luck. Thank you. If you enjoyed what you listened to, please go to Apple iTunes and leave us a five-star review that helps us reach many more people. And we look forward to sharing more content with you in the near future. If you want to be a supporter of the show or of the Track Guy Foundation, visit trackguyfoundation.com. If you would like to be a sponsor of the show, please email trackguy at trackguyfoundation.com. Again, thank you for all your support. Take care.